everybody you know everybody's got into video everybody's using it so you know, that, that little function that was on your phone that not everybody took, took use of in the past is video calls are happening all the time these days it's definitely replaced a telephone call i think i i can't remember the last time i did a telephone call in today's episode we have a guest who appeared on our podcast for the first time in may 2020 Back then, we invited him to talk about branch optimization during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, Stuart Fern, a head of customer contact at Newcastle Building Society, one of the 10 largest building societies in the UK, reflects on the ups and downs and the challenges the building society has been facing in the last year. In today's world where everything is moving to digital, decision makers are asking themselves what's the meaning of high street and physical branches? It has been an ongoing discourse since the rise of the internet, right? And business leaders still don't know the answer for it. Well, Stewart's vision of the branch of the future has always been very clear, and that is to serve the wider community they are part of, both online and offline. We believe that, you know, you, the there are unbanked communities currently, and they're a significant size, some of these communities. Um, so there's lots of people in those communities that want banking. We've just done a survey recently with a local authority, and that survey um, had a really high response and identified that within that community, significant requirement was there for banking facilities on the high street still. They weren't particularly satisfied with using the post office. That wasn't the answer that they needed every time. And they're pointed towards the types of services that we offer as a building society. Now, I think the thing is, is we aren't, you know, these things can't happen and, unless they're financially viable. So that's got to be a really important point. So financial viability is key. However, if viability is there, if you can build a model that enables access to cash on a high street uh, that's viable, that's successful, that has probably has huge potential as well, why wouldn't you offer it? But we believe we've got a model that does that. But our model is one of partnership is working with others. Our working with others is either, as it's been recently, local authorities. It could be a local community group or a trust or somebody in that community who's got the community at heart, who's got the support of the community, works with the community to deliver services and not just banking services, usually usually other things. So you know, some of our examples are where the, that community group's got together to provide a library service the police stations are based in there, the bus booking service is based in there, the post office is based in there. And actually, we're just another service. But the fact is, is it's kept it maintained on the high street. So we've been able to help with that. We've got other places where the last bank in town's left completely and what local authorities asking, could you come and support us and be a bank? Now, we're a building society, but the banking facility on the high street. And could you help us with that? Could you also help us with our with our, with our need to keep and maintain a library? So that's a partnership piece. Um, and we've got lots of these offers and people want to work with us, but partnership and working together is really important. As you'll have seen recently, um, some banking hubs have been set up with banks and the post office, and that's just happened across in a couple of locations across the country. Well, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great idea. It's a good concept. We've been doing that concept for quite a long time in terms of offering our services blended with others, but I see as this potential in that, you know, even for ourselves to work with others, to work with banks, to enable banking services to be still available and us to be the building society within that town. Um, I think the key is in the end, the banks have a responsibility, however, to be there. But I'm sure we we similarly so can, we're quite happy to fill that void um, 
if we can make it successful. And probably if it's in our region, you know, we're, we're very much a northern based building society. But what that then means is the opportunity rests across the rest of the country for others to do something similar. When the pandemic started, businesses had to adapt quickly in a matter of days, plan short-term, long-term strategies, and that included not only implementation of safety measures in physical branches, but primarily new technology. I think a year ago, or just over when I first met you, um, you guys and talked on, on the podcast, we were just at that stage of trying to understand how to deal with COVID probably and what impact it was having on our business and where we needed to go with regards to technology and how to best provide the service that we were offering. What we also did is we reduced our operating hours in line with the desire by the government to discourage people from entering the high street. So we went from, say, a normal operating rhythm of 9 till 5 o'clock down to 10 till 2. So our hours significantly reduced. But again, we got, um, got into a rhythm of being able to open back to normal hours provide full services and let customers uh, continue to, to deal with us as they had done previously. But what we also did is we encouraged them more to use our digital channels and um, to use our telephone channels and not necessarily come face to face. If they didn't need to do face to face, we didn't need to force them through that process. We needed to make sure they could access any service they could, but in the easiest way and from home if it was possible. Do you remember Brian Kale, a New York-based millennial from episode 46 called Stop Asking Your Customers to Call You? He had very interesting views on the future of customer service. Uh, I think the future <laughs> is automation, no phone calls, okay. and value-driven conversations. Stuart, on the other hand, holds quite different perspectives on this topic. We're, we're not, let me be really clear, we're not anti-digital. Um, we're very much a digital organization. You know, for most people who don't know us very well, we are a building society. We're 160 years old, building society. But at the end of the day, we're also a digital business. We provide banking services to challenges, people in the entering the banking market, new banks. We provide services to enable them to enter the banking market. And that's digital, that's online, that's, that's not face-to-face. However, in our branch situation, we, we have people have a clear need for high street banking face-to-face with us. And we believe that where we can, we should digitize the process, enable digital, enable customers to use digital means or self-service in some respects. But it's got to be at the right point. You know, I think the key is, I don't think one replaces the other completely. The two should dovetail work hand in hand and customers should have choice because there are different points in time when customers need digital and there are points in time when they definitely need a person need that human interaction and that can be age related it could be as people get older they determine that they need to see the person face to face because of, of vulnerabilities and needs it can also be you know it could be somebody in just a certain point in their in their in their, in their life, you know, whether it be the very first purchase of a house, the very first savings account they've opened, the very first ice that they invested in, they, that isn't always done digitally. I think people move to digital when they're comfortable with something quite often, or they come away from digital when they actually want to see somebody and see the whites of somebody's eyes, and we offer that service. But it's really about making sure we offer the right thing at the right time. What do you do when a majority of your customers rely on physical branches and suddenly the government tells you to discourage people from entering the high street? Well, Stuart and his team came up with a brilliant idea. Everybody 
you know, everybody's got into video. Everybody's using it. So you know, that, that little function that was on your phone that not everybody took, took use of in the past is video calls are happening all the time these days. It's definitely replaced a telephone call, I think. I, I can't remember the last time I did a telephone call. The video call has been the thing I've done off my telephone, that'd be personal or in, in work. So video has become part of people's lives. So I believe, and and we're looking at this right now, is that, you know, Probably a year ago, we, 15 months ago, we would have said it's, it's not for us at the moment. It's down the line. But we can clearly see now that video, people are using video every day. So video for banking services and for advice is really probably an important thing to provide today. You know, I've just done a survey um, about some customers. It's ongoing. But at the moment, 60 percent have said they're very willing to somewhat willing to use video for, for banking services and financial advice. Now, um, our demographic, our end customers, we'd never have expected that result a year and a half ago. We've just had that result only only this week. And I think that proves something there. I think apps, you know, it, we, we were, we're probably a bit late to the market with an app, if I'm to be honest. But again, it hasn't been a priority for us in the past. But, you know, we, we clearly see that an app, having an app is an important point. It's a hygiene factor, really. But there again, it's about how good is the app and what does the app do for you? What can it do and what, how can it develop in the end? Is it just an information, information app or actually can you practically do things through it? You know, could you link into video through it, for example, in future? And I think these are all developments that we'll move forward on. Deploying an entirely new technology in your organization is a difficult task, especially if you're not sure whether it's going to work. The results from customer satisfaction surveys are never black and white. You may face a certain level of skepticism from your colleagues and you are forced to take risky decisions. This was certainly the case when the Newcastle Building Society decided to implement video as another channel in their customer service management. We now hold video, we, we hold seminars, big talks with our customers. Um, we do an awful lot of education um, around finance and whether that be with customers, with local community groups, school group. We do an awful lot of talks around how best ways to manage finance. They're all video. They've been video for six months plus, eight months now. Um, we've had some amazing interactions, some amazing experiences. And and again, that's developed people's view of video and made them think there's more we can do with this. There's more we can do with video. So, and it's the confidence that's building. And then you get into the point of video with customer. Well, we've had to do it because the pandemic's forced it. Now, so that's the forcing point. Then we've got 60% of our this survey group of customers have said they'd like to use it definitely. Um, and then you go, well, actually, but then, so, where, so where's the sticking point? Well, it's the other 40% who don't see video being what they want. Now, within those 40, there'll be people who think, if I go to video, I'll lose my face-to-face. At some point, this is going to go purely video. I will lose face-to-face, so we'll hold back from using it. That's un- I'm pretty certain of that. We've also got colleagues who, it's a big step to move from face-to-face advice, somebody in front of you, passing paper across the table, um, Showing each other, showing each other illustrations, um, booklets, information, to suddenly doing that by video. So I think it's a big step for people, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's a challenge, it's a step, and it's a step and a chance to be overcome. And um, and that was where we did have skepticism. You know, customers won't want to do this. And after the time, you're trying to work out: is it a customer challenge or is it a colleague challenge? And and I'm really fortunate. We've got some fantastic colleagues that will give everything a go these days. And as I say. A lot's happened in the last 15 months that's given people 
a definitely more positive view about how to implement these things and where to go with them. But again, it's doing it for the right people in the right circumstances, which is really, really important for us, I think. And getting that right is probably one of the key things of us taking these things to market. At the end of the day, customers will choose the most convenient kind of service. In the past, it was primarily going to a physical branch where you could speak to a real person. If you can do the same now but from home, does it mean that video chats could replace a face-to-face service? I, th- I think categorically, like I've said, is that you know we, we've got we've got sixty percent say they'd give they'd be willing to do it and they do it, but that doesn't mean they won't do face-to-face as well. We we've got no intention to pull away from face-to-face services. It's a little bit, you know that. We, we see it as an addition. We see it as an extra support. We see it there for people who don't need to make that trip out of their house to come to, to our business. We can do it. We can save you time. We save ourselves some time along the way. As long as the trust and relationships there, that's the most important point. I think that's the biggest thing about people, the people using video. It's actually how do you create that same trust, that same relationship? That in itself is an experience that we've got to, to create and make better. We've got to make sure we're delivering that level of experience. I don't think it'll replace it at all. I think it'll always complement it. As long as you've got a physical as being, we have high streets. I mean, high streets have been under a lot of challenge in the last 15 months and previous to the uh, pandemic. But I think, again, as long as you've got high streets, what we know from our research is people still value seeing people face-to-face, the value of their high street, the value of their community. We're in all of those places, but what we are making sure is that we've also got the digital capacities and abilities and the tooling to be able to offer those services to others who, one is, they'll never want to do that, but also want to do it from time to time. You know what they say, the more people you ask, the more opinions you get. Whether you believe customer service automation will replace the human input or people will still prefer and appreciate to speak to a human being in your local branch, both could be correct. As Stuart would say, when it comes to implementing new technology, it has to be at the right point, right time and under the right circumstances. I hope you found this episode useful if you are looking to deploy a similar solution in your company. If you wish to know more information about how to do it, you can contact Stuart yourself on his LinkedIn profile or actually talk to us, video enthusiasts from ACF Technologies. Have a nice week and I will see you next time.